0: Hi, everyone. I'm Jack Cush. Welcome to the Miracle Larry podcast. I'm joined by Miracle Larry. Larry, how are you doing today? Good. Hey, Jack. How are you? Good. So we thought it would be a good time. Actually, Larry came up with this idea, and I think it was great to talk about what happened before the pandemic, and specifically, you know, in the weeks and maybe month or two before, really when Larry went to the hospital, which was March the 17th. I think we all have these things in our history, like, you know, where were you and do you remember w- what you were doing, you know, when, you saw, when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan or when Kennedy was shot or when John Lennon was shot or 9-11? Those are all seminal moments in our history. And, you know, I think that we all have our own beginning to COVID. You know, for many of us, it is when Larry went to the hospital. Larry, when did COVID begin for you?
1: You know, I, I, I think it's good that we're going in a chronological order and we sort of walk ourselves through this whole COVID experience. Um, I, when I look back on, um, after my whole COVID experience, I, 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 I remember where I was before this and, uh. The the irony in this whole experience is Jack, I was, I was never more content and happy in my life than I was the three months prior to before I got sick.
0: You were recently retired. What else made you so content?
1: I was, I, I, you know, I had a nice pension. I had enough money that Dawn and I could enjoy our retirement. I had a, Gone back to the theater um, after years in education. I, I was doing shows in Jersey for virtually peanuts, and in pleasing no one except myself. I just it was it was all for my soul, and uh, and I just I all right. I explain it this way. My my buddy Steve McGraw knows about this. The three months prior to me getting sick, I had an experience. That was really hard to explain. We we're out to dinner one night with his wife and Dawn and uh, I was bringing it up. And uh, I, did you ever get Jack that deja vu feeling? I mean, a real deja vu feeling. Did you ever? Yeah. A few times. It's, it's always strange. Yeah. What, what happens to your body? Well, this, this was like that, but it wasn't deja vu, but it was like that. I i would been walking down the streets in Manhattan and I, uh, and I, I stopped dead in my tracks and I got this overwhelming feeling that filled me. And I looked around and I saw all the people in Manhattan walking this way and that way and rushing and, and I somehow felt connected to all of them. And I, 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 the best way I can describe it, I just had this incredible feeling of total contentment. It was so strange. I brought it up to Steve when we were out to dinner one night and uh, he, he, he said, yeah, yeah, okay. It's, it's, but, but his wife liked it. His wife liked it, wanted to know more, wanted to know more. And Steve, Steve was like, and that's a little strange. But, yeah,
0: so now the, now the podcast is called The Mystical Larry
1: Podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I know it sounds strange, but it, 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 was, it happened once a month For the three months prior to when I got sick. And and that's the first story I wanted to tell them, just that um, to to explain it any other way than I was never more content in my life than I was right before I got sick. I had no ambitions to do anything else in life. I was happy with who I was. I was happy with my family was happy. Uh, You know, it was just... It was just a great time before COVID. And, you know, I look back on it and I say, I, I bet a lot of people felt that way too. You know, like, you know, COVID just sort of threw a wrench at everybody. And I am, um, and, and, and I know that feeling, but that's, that was my state of mind before I got sick. So, so I want to remind what you? everyone. What your state of mind before
0: COVID? Uh, I want to remind everyone that what happened in, you know, COVID sort of really made the news in early uh, January uh, as the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and it was getting some play. And there was a crescendo of SARS-CoV-2, COVID news going on and on and on. Uh, and my perspective is, you know, I was working, I was doing my, my, my medical practice in Dallas as a rheumatologist, but I'm running a bunch of meetings going to a bunch of conferences where I'm lecturing. And the first one was in mid-February. And the question was, is that conference gonna be on? Of course it was on. Most people went to it, but there was a lot of talk about it, a lot of joking about it. Um, no distancing, no, you know, no avoidance of hugs and handshakes in February. Um, and then I'm watching the news really closely. And in March, you know, sometime early March, I wrote down on my Twitter feed, The CDC has reported 16,000 deaths and 280,000 hospitalizations from influenza in the previous 12 months, but only two deaths and 22 infections from COVID. So my point was, you know, you're 8,000 to 100,000 times more likely to get the flu. Stop worrying about the news. Stop watching the news. It's making everybody intellectually paralyzed. I was trying to allay fears just based on the numbers. And saying that the press was really driving this thing, turn off your damn TV, you were watching the TV back then. you actually went on vacation to Florida before you went and started your your, um, your your play in New Jersey. Did you not pay attention to any of that news
1: well it was it was in Italy. it was over there, and we had heard about it. there was rumblings and I, that was the whole feeling in New York. In New York, um we didn't we didn't have conversations about it out on the street in the building, you know, in, in the taverns and restaurants. There wasn't any conversation, you know, really about COVID, except that there's this thing happening overseas. It's in China, it's in Italy. I hope it doesn't come here. But there was any there wasn't any real fear. You're right. I went to Florida, went down and visited my brother. Um, had a great time. Don and I had a great time. Um, it was it it it, it 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 it. It's hard for me, Jack, because uh, I was so early. I was I was very early. I was the beginning of the onslaught. And uh,
0: let me tell it, let me tell it, you it, how early, it, Larry, um, when in March the sixth. Um, I reported that the death toll from COVID in the United States has risen to a total of six. That's the whole country. Mm -hmm. You were hospitalized in
1: Washington, if I recall.
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So the whole, that Southern New York, Northern New Jersey thing where you caught it hadn't really taken off yet, but a mere 10 days later, you're sick and in the hospital. That's what's really scary about this. And and it's sort of like the story when we told the, we told the story about the ICU, and you know, one day the nurses are working their usual work. They got a few open beds. Next day, next day, there's no beds. There's gurneys in the hallway, and people are dropping like flies. This thing hit like a tsunami. Well,
1: even you know when when I, I, I when I started um, feeling lousy, um, like you just said. I was, you know, I happened to be doing this show in Bergen County, and it turns out later that Bergen County in New Jersey was an also was also a, a an epicenter. You know, New York City and Bergen County here on the East Coast was where it all started. So you know, the old um, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, I don't know if they gave it to me or I gave it to them, but you know, we'll never really know that. You know, it's something I think about, and uh, Larry not, not with any guilt because I. You know, I, I had nothing to do with the cause of it, you know.
0: Let's but, stick with Miracle Larry and not Typhoid Mary. L. I, know, I know. Well, you know, I'll never know that, though, Jack. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the, uh,
1: you know, I, I, I spent a long time trying to, you know, what people kept asking me, you know, do you know where you got it? You know, and um, no, one, you'll never know. No one will ever know. I mean, I, I. I, and it's not really a concern of mine of where I got it. The fact is I got it and uh, it was there. And uh, I whether I got it here or whether I got it there, I deep down, I don't really care. I mean, I, I do know that it's not something I want again, but um, you know, the uh, so j- just to get back to, we started hearing rumblings about it, but even when I got sick, Dawn, and Jackie was home at the time. My daughter was living with us at the time. She she was planning on making a move and um she put her stuff in our apartment. She just happened to be there temporarily. And uh, the uh and she felt a little lousy. I was getting a little lousy. The uh but still COVID wasn't, you know, prominent on Dawn's mind or Jackie's mind or my mind only a little bit, because because we were that early that we were like, well, you know, maybe this is that thing, but we still didn't know what this thing actually did, Jack. Does that make sense? You know, we didn't know, we knew there was a thing called COVID. We didn't know what it actually did to the body. So that, that question mark that was, was in me forever and you as medical personnel you had to have had that question mark of all right if it does come here what's it going to do you know what's it,
0: you know yeah. what's you know. well i was taking the the view that you know we've seen press play up things like ebola and sars and zika virus and and but what you know those who followed the science knew this was a very virulent, a very, very highly infective bug. But you're right. It was over there. The numbers were low. And I was, you know, I'm in the education business, and I run a big meeting every March, mid-March, like March 15th. And I remember writing tons of emails in the first 10 days of March saying, is our meeting canceled? Is our meeting on? And we said we are a a no-handshake meeting. We had signs all over, no handshakes. And, you know, two meters in distancing. And we went on with the meeting. And, and what happened with me in my meeting is it was a meeting that began on, on Saturday. And I get to the hotel in Fort Worth on Friday. And as I pull up at 3 p.m., and this is a big, busy hotel, I pull up at 3 p.m. And there's four big buses out front. And these, all these seven-foot college basketball players are getting on the bus and leaving they are leave the hotel because they shut down the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And the hotel emptied out. What date was meetings, that, Jack? What date was that? Was that? that would have been, I get around the 15th or so. I, 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 and, and, and the hotel was supposed to be busy. And in the end, my people were the only people at the hotel. We had 100. Normally, my meetings about 160 people live in the room um, and several hundred at home. We only had, uh, instead of 160, we had 30 people show up. And we had the hotel all to ourselves. It was a ghost town, um, mainly because now the numbers were going up doubling every day or more than doubling every day. And it basically created a lot of fear. What, what was happening in the, in the playhouse in Bergen County and, and, and when you got sick?
1: Well, we were, we were in the play and the play was going on. Um, there was a final weekend left on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, after St. Patrick's Day. March 17th is a very important day because that's the day I went in. Um, But before that, and what's, what's really fascinating is that I have very little recollection of the three days prior to March 17th. I have very little recollection of uh, the fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. Um, I have recollection, but very little. And I think it was because, but my my wife sort of told me that. I think it was because I was so overwhelmed with fever that uh, I. She said I I I was in a fetal position on the couch for three days, and I wouldn't go to sleep. And uh, I didn't sleep at all. And she kept saying, "You have to go to sleep. You have to go to sleep." And I said to her, "What was happening to my body was so alien, Jack, that I." She said, "Remember, I don't remember this, but everything is told to me." She said, "I said, honey, if, if I go to sleep, I'm not going to wake up." And uh, and I must have known. Well, I. So in 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 a sense, I I thought I was, uh, I, and I all right. So let me jump a little bit before that. Jackie and I both were feeling lousy. I I love the fact that we thought maybe it's COVID. Let's get it early. So we went to an urgent care center around the corner from where we lived. And by another fascinating stroke of luck. This urgent care center had just gotten the test one hour before Jackie and I walked in. We were literally the first two people they were giving the test to at this Mount Sinai Urgent Care Center around the corner that your buddy runs. You have a friend who runs it. You know, uh, we went in and even the test was so new, this poor nurse. That I had, they didn't even know how to administer it. Jack, I, I'm, I'm I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. She stuck that Q-tip so far up my nose, I thought I had a lobotomy. For four minutes, I was in such pain, crawling, and she left the room. And I was like, "Where are you going? From? Get back here! I'm in tremendous pain." And she like bolted, like, um, but. They, in those days, in those days, you know, beginning of COVID, that the test took three or four days to get the results. This, the fact, that's how new it was, right? Um, so when I was on that couch for three days is when I left the urgent care. Oh, that's absolutely not true. And I don't remember this. This whole thing is alien to me, which is amazing. I was bad. Jackie was mild. She sent Jackie home. She sent me to the emergency room. The doctor, the urgent care, who's also a friend of yours, who's <laughs> also a friend of yours. <laughs> it's very strange, right? Um, she she sent me to the emergency room. There were no COVID patients in the emergency room at this point. I had walked in. I had flu-like symptoms. Um, They were checking me over. They checked my mouth. They checked. Yeah. Yeah. You got a little flu. That's how mild it was at the time. Um, And I had said to them, I said, look, give me some antibiotics. I said, they always work on me. Just, I I love antibiotics. Just give me antibiotics. I'll be fine. You know, she, they gave me, (laughs) they gave me antibiotics, but they didn't know. Jack. I mean, three days prior to March 17th, No one went into the hospital for COVID. No one, no one entered the emergency rooms for COVID. That's how early I was, right? So I went in, um, I got the antibiotics, I went home. My brother got the antibiotics, got Gatorade. He came to the door in my apartment and uh, I wouldn't let him in. He says, what are you you doing? I said, don't come in, don't come in. At this point, I'm just starting to get rumblings of, you know, I'm a leper, you know, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got something that I've got something that people can catch, and so I, I'm proud of myself. Though I that I I had the wherewithal to take caution, to to check it out, and I, I think when I look back, I I think I'm so fortunate that I was so early because had I been later, I wouldn't have even gotten a room, Jack. I would I would have been sitting in a hallway somewhere. So I mean. Uh, that that, that that worked out the way it worked out. But again, I Dawn said I was in a fetal position. Um, and then 5 a.m. in the morning on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, they had just called off the parade. There was an announcement that there was no parade. Um, so that's how there must have been something happening in those three days. There must have been people entering the hospital, getting positive diagnosis. Um I uh I was so bad that I told Don to uh, call 911. I said no. Yes. I
0: so calls. you typify what was going on at the time, which was indecision by fear. No one really knew what the hell was going on. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle it. And I can tell you that showed up by people going to meetings or going to work or whatever where I was working in my clinic, I can remember very well around the same time, second week of March, um, it's my clinic, I'm running it. I've got 12 employees, nurses and other doctors and everyone standing around saying, what are we gonna do? People are calling, we don't know what to do. And luckily the night before, I read something on, uh, on the internet that said, we're going to enact the George Bush disaster plan. During George Bush's administration, he came up with a plan for emergency preparedness, any kind of disaster. And, you know, it was a plan, organize, train, evaluate, improve. But really, the things that I wrote on the board for my staff, be first, be right, be credible, show respect, promote action. The idea is everyone was paralyzed by what they didn't know, what they didn't so if patients were calling and said I need a note for you know for whatever, write the damn note, don't ask any questions. If people wanted to skip the appointment and come in next week, that's fine too. People want to so we did that. People need and this is what now we're waiting on other people to make decisions to help people to live. Local authorities, bosses, you know, you know people who you know. And it was really your decisions were made for you. Because you got so far to the end, your next decision was nine one one.
1: Was scary. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I. uh, When when I really started having difficulty breathing, and like I said, I was taking the antibiotics, and uh, they weren't for the first time in my life. They weren't working, you know. And I, I was wow, okay, this this is different. But you know, Jackie, Jackie was Jackie was doing fine. Jackie was coping um the uh and must have been her youth because they talked all about that that it had it had, a, it had a much harder time on older people than it did young people with a strong immune system so all those all that information we got from doctors i i experience and i can vouch for the, yeah. <laughs> my daughter did not did not go through what i went through um the uh and what was here's another interesting the uh when i so i i was so worried about i i had taken care of all the bills and the family you know um and the finances and and i was so worried that um no one was going to figure it out you know that you know dawn was never going to be able to figure it out i actually she told me I don't really remember this, but she told me that uh, I brought her over to where the life insurance policies were, and I showed her where the, because we do have life insurance, and uh, I I showed her where the policies were, and she said, she kept going, you know, shut up, yeah, yeah, nothing's happening to you, because it was so early that it was, COVID was not the first thing that came to everybody's mind, even though I was sick, you know, and even though Jackie was sick, it was still, well, maybe it's the flu, um, So there was still a certain sense of not accepting. Do you remember? Do you remember the moment where you said this is serious? Do you remember when you finally went?
0: It's sort of like it was almost like a. It was really the day of my meeting when no one showed up. Um, And (laughs) and 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 that and that was like a Saturday to Sunday. And on Monday Monday, back in the clinic, there was panic in everyone's eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's when I changed my my. understanding, and this was actually Tony Fauci's understanding on masks, you wear a mask not so that you don't get what other people can send you your way. You wear a mask because you're sick and you don't want to spread it to other people. And that mask weren't previously viewed to be all that effective in preventing infection for yourself. Now, that turned out to be not true. And I had actually tweeted that in February, that, you know, this is why you wear a mask. I changed that in March, just like Fauci did when the research came in and said that um, not six feet, but one meter reduced the risk of infection by 82%. Mm -hmm. Wearing a mask reduced the risk of infection from 17.5% to 3%, an 85% reduction. So yeah, it was almost like overnight, the switch was on and now this is war. And boy, the numbers backed it up going forward. So you had to learn things quickly, spread the word, um, and then pray because you saw all this thing going down. And then, you know, a few days later, I get, I get the message that you were actually met at
1: the hospital. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you something. So like, when did you get the message, Jack? How, how did, what dates are we talking about? It's still in March, around?
0: It's around? in March. It's probably the 22nd, really? maybe. Uh, so you go to the hospital on the seventh. Dawn day.
1: called you? Dawn called you?
0: I, don't, I think I heard from Tommy. Uh, one of our friends, Tommy Van and yeah. I think that um, and the and I heard you already in the ICU, and then and then the next thing I do, I call your other best friend, Danny, and um, and he's very worried because you're in the ICU, you're intubated. I give the, let's give the audience numbers. You get sick in 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 the first two weeks of March. You go to the hospital on the seventeenth. You're intubated on the nineteenth, and you're and you're out of it at that point. I remember telling I've never told you this. I remember telling Danny this, and everybody's worried. I told Danny this. I told your wife this. I said, when someone gets intubated, it doesn't mean it's the end. It's a support mechanism, and everybody gets intubated from a pneumonia. Usually, you figure it out. And I said, and I honestly said this verbatim, three days, we're going to know whether he's going to live or die. We're going to know in three days. Larry, how many days that it go on? 150 whatever. Oh, my God. The idea is we didn't know what we didn't know right especially as far as how long was it going to take before someone was going to succumb to respiratory failure and mm-hmm. in some people it was rapid if you were very old it was rapid if there were, if you had things working for you you got treated luckily the right way you know maybe maybe you survive but um yeah it it really turned really quick
1: um, yeah it was um you know it was you know, when I think you, know, you brought up Dr. Fauci a little while ago, um, what 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 was hard for me later when I came home and just seeing so many people's reactions, um, not to me but to the whole COVID. Um, you know, science is not an exact science. I mean, if you remember back in high school, science one hundred one, the levels of investigation, the levels of gathering re- research. You know. Um, it's hit and miss. You go by data, you go by, so, you know, so many people thought, you know, Dr. Fauci was confusing. And, but I mean, that's science in itself. This is a brand new virus that we don't know anything about that they, that the experts are learning along with the rest of us. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, they're doing the best they can to help us uh, fight this thing or prevent this thing. And I just, uh, you know i was always i it's like i said in the last episode i i i have so much different respect for for people in the medical field um because this uh, no one in medical field ever thought they were going to live through a global pandemic I don't think anybody had that on their bucket list of, you know. Oh, no. no. You know, um,
0: what, what happened was we all became um, uh, dedicated to hope, meaning we still had to go on with our lives, you know, um, and, and most people didn't get affected by COVID initially, but almost every, everybody got affected eventually, uh, and so you had to live with this whole new world and this whole shutdown and whatnot. And everybody's lives was dramatically changed. What did I do during COVID? I, I tell everybody, yeah, I worked, but I mainly was um, concerned with you and what was going on and the daily day-to-day on that. Aside from that, I rode my bike, I climbed stairs, and I th- was thinking the whole time, alone. And, you know, about what am I going to do? What should I do? What? And I think everybody had their own little uh, scenario they built out. Our friends, you know, they were walking the streets. They were washing their cars. They were walking the golf courses with a golf bag and, you know, and all alone. And, and those weren't all good things. That was all time spent worrying. So, but I think that that time spent was really well spent for a lot of people. It actually helped them get through. Um, a really tough time
1: I, I you know the uh this you know you just just I, I i remember waving goodbye to dawn in the ambulance and uh what's really interesting is that uh, a friend of mine is the uh uh the medical director at lennox hill hospital on the east side So when I went to the ambulance, I got in the ambulance. I said, take me to Lenox Hill. And they said, we can't. And I said, what do you mean you can't? I want to go to Lenox Hill. That's where I want to go. Well, we can't. Protocol. So that was a new word that popped up during COVID. It's protocol. We have to take you to the nearest hospital. Now, thinking back on it, I'm glad they didn't take us to Lennox Hill because I, I believe my friend would have probably convinced Dawn to, you know, to, to take me off first, you know, uh, because no. we respected her so much. Um, but th- so that, that, that's just, again, you know, because I'm here sitting here talking to you, Jack, I look at my life. I look back on it as everything was connected for a reason, everything. So I look at those little moments and go, God, I'm glad I didn't go to Lennox Hill. I went to, I went to Mount Sinai because it worked out, you know, <laughs> the, uh, um, it just, everything was in place. And, you know, I, I think next time we'll talk, we'll start talking about uh, um. Like you said, we're going to talk about, I think we should talk about what you were going through, what people we know were going through, what was happening in in, in the time. Um, but I don't want you to think for a second that I was comatose and out of it, because uh, when you said you were climbing stairs... I was doing a lot of physical stuff. I was only doing it in my mind. I was not completely out of it. I'm sure there are moments when I were. Matter of fact, I'm certain there were because uh, I, I didn't realize it was as long as it was. I mean, I had... I had
0: well, I'll say this. Um, everybody that I ever spoke to during March and April, they well imagined with accuracy what was going on in your ICU room. It was bleak, it was ugly. And when they did these things that were their time wasters, um, they were doing, There was almost like they were in the room with you when they were doing that. Because you were on their minds and mm-hmm. that's all they thought about. It was their, their version of praying. It was their version of coping. It was not easy. It was quite painful. Um, but it's what you did to get through this day and see what tomorrow could look like. Um, it was it, and it really was all based on hope. It was mm. all based on hope.
1: Mm.
0: All right. More on yep. hope in in our next uh, episode. Okay. That, that, that's, a, that's a good place to stop, Jack. All right. Everyone take care of yourselves. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Yep. Yep. Should you tell them? Uh, did you hang up yet? No. Nope. Uh, tell them uh, wh- where you know, where they can access the podcast. There are uh, there um, are a couple episodes listed. So you
0: know we're taking um, a page out of Soupy Sales' um, marketing book. Uh, get the green stuff off your parent's dresser and put it in an envelope and mail it <laughs> to Miracle <Marisa> Larry. PO um, <laughs> no, box. No, 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 you can no, you can listen to the he's podcast. He's Joking. He's joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast channel. Tell your folks and friends. Uh, you can also um, watch it on, on our YouTube channel, um, Miracle Larry, on, uh, on YouTube. All right?
1: Thank you, Join Jack. in for more.
0: Larry, what's, it, wh- what's the final line? It's all good? Oh, keep the faith.
1: It's all good. All right. Take care.
0: Take care.